Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins. In this week's episode, I chat with Jane Aspel, jewelry designer and founder of Irish brand Emma by Jane. Some of the topics we cover are sourcing, funding, as Jane appeared on the Irish version of Dragon's Den, and starting small to test the market when you first start out. Thank you for joining. And, uh, and it's so lovely to see you again after so many years. I know, I know, years. I know, like think it's been about four, four or five years. Yeah, about four or five years, I think. For four years since I got up and left. Since you, since you entered into the big bad world of entrepreneurship. And for those that don't yeah. know, Jane and I used to work together at Primark. So, um, and I, Jane and I were, were in the same team when she left to set up Emma by Jane. So today is really... Um, about you kind of sharing how you started. Um, a couple of questions have come in from um, some followers. And just really, I suppose, to start, so you started thinking about the business in 2016, is that right? Yeah, um, it's, um, I was, I, before I moved back to Ireland, I was in London as a buyer for Primark, as you know, and uh, we were actually on a sourcing trip um for homeware which was really lucky and I was at a homeware trade show and I spotted um a kind of factory and supplier and I was always such a magpie at that time that I literally just had to go and have a look so I, I kept their details and that was it I stalked their website for a while and when I moved back to Ireland from England I moved home with my parents I saved a bit of money and this idea of like just ordering from them had like niggled at me for months so I remember, I think it was about the 27th of December, sitting in bed and I said, you know what, feck it. Yeah. I'm just going to place this order. I have a bit of cash. If I lose it, I lose it. Um, I had to buy five of everything. So I bought a really small collection. And it was mainly just to test quality, to see what it came like. The first thing I got lumped with was a customs bill. So I had no idea. I had all these ideas in my head of what I could charge. And then a customs bill came in and I didn't know what to do. Um. So it kind of started to evolve from there. And I actually remember the day it landed and um, it comes in these tins and actually delivery arrived today. And it reminded me of sitting there with my two housemates. Uh, we couldn't find the key that opened the box, this tin box. Uh, we had a few glasses in us and we ended up getting a knife and hacking it open to see the pieces. And so from there, I kind of had people try it. I had some friends wear it see if they liked it, see how much they pay for it, see what the quality was like. All those kind of things were working in the background. And then I think it was literally six months later, I just said, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. I had an, I have, have an amazing friend who had a business at the time. And I used to meet her every morning for the gym and I'd watch her going off. And I was like, I'm so jealous of the life you have. <laughs> you know, grass is not always green on the other side. But, um, you know, I wanted that. And as I got older... 
you know, the years were kind of going by that I was like, I could have earned a salary by now. You know, I could have moved out of home by now because when I was going back to do it, I was starting from scratch. I was putting all the money I'd saved into it. And I was starting, I was living at home with my parents. I'd moved back from London. So, you know, it was kind of going back to basics. Um, so yeah, that was all of four, I think four and a half years ago now. And so when you first started, did you have a brand or, you know, did you have a brand in mind? Did you have your branding done or was it just... I'm just going to test this product and see if it works and I'll sell it. Like, did you, it was just selling to friends yeah. actually, or did you have uh, your... Um, it wasn't even selling to friends. It was just like, I think they paid cost price for it. Like it was just testing the market. It was, I found, I felt there was a niche. I always loved accessories and the name became way before the actual brand because when I lived in London, I lived with my best friend, Emma, and like all girls, we shared everything. And one day I came to meet her and she was dressed head to toe from my wardrobe. Yeah. And someone said, it's like your style by Jane. It's like Emma by Jane. And so I had this name. Mm-hmm. And even when I was London, in London, I was constantly trying things. I was like ordering from Amazon or eBay and being like, I'll sell this, on, you know, I'll sell this on a website. I was kind of testing for years without even realizing because I just actually had a love for, you know, making something out of nothing and seeing where it could go. So without me actually realizing I was doing this and I always knew I wanted my own business, but I didn't really know what it was in. So it wasn't until I was in India at that time that I saw this jewelry supplier that that kind of honed in and I could kind of zoom in more on what I wanted to create. And even the last four years, that whole plan keeps evolving. It keeps changing. You know, we're adding all the time. You know, I, I, like, I think within the first year I brought in bomber jackets that was a whole test and it was exciting to do um in the back in the back end it didn't work out the way I wanted it there was loads of lessons learned from it so over the last four years I think I've kind of just keep doing that I keep testing things and I think that's what being in pennies taught us and and why I actually joined pennies in the first place was because you've got to learn from the experts so I figured if I could learn you know, on someone else's bank account, I could figure out. And then by the time it came to me doing it, I'd save a lot of money because I've made the mistakes already. So it's it's always been about testing things and, you know, finding new avenues and new revenue streams and things like that. A lot of people, when they're starting out, they're not sure how much things cost. And you, did you, you self-funded yours to start, did you? Yeah. Still self-funding. Right, okay, great. And for those that don't know, you were also on Dragon's Den, at the yeah. towards the beginning, weren't you? Um, of um, six friends. weeks in, I remember being in my neighbor at Christmas had told me to apply. She was on another cooking show, and I said, "Oh, Dan, never take me." So I suspect it all. You know, like everything I do, I just took my name in and see what will happen. And um, yeah, I threw it in, and I actually remember being in Penny's, getting a phone call, and having to go into one of the rooms and do this interview without knowing and um, that it was an interview for it. And lo and behold, I got picked. And I think I was six weeks. I remember leaving, walking the door of Penny's on Friday the 13th of January. So a good luck day, I always like to think. Um, and I think it was on the 1st of March, I pitched on Dragon's Den. And it was then shown the Maybank holiday weekend. So I was in my first month of branding. I remember ringing the guys and being like, so I've just been chosen for Dragon's Den. We need to rush this along. You know, all these things. I had really few samples. I think I had a collection of 10 pieces. But it was, yeah, I just, the opportunity was there and you ran with it. And I think the beauty of Dragon's Den was 
I had so much experience from pitching in pennies. Like we were always pitching new products in pennies. We were always having to look at like the cash, the margins, all those basic bits that are there from pennies. And when I look back, they didn't even focus on the product because I had the vocab, I had the business plan. So it actually didn't really matter with the product because I knew where I was going. Um, but it was it's such a lesson learned because I went on, I got investment. And then the first big challenge as a business was actually saying no to the investment because there was something niggling and I had to really quickly decide if it was right for me or not and go with my gut and say no to it. Which is obviously a hard thing to kind of turn down that you have someone that will invest in the business so that you don't have to self-fund it, but then so important that you are listening to your gut and trusting your gut from, you know, from the beginning as well. And um, yeah, and I, I can't say that I'm so lucky. My dad is an accountant and um, very into business. And I remember going on and he was, he was like scared out of his wits for me. And I was like, it's granddad. I won't get investment. There's nothing to worry about. And then I ring him straight away and said, like, uh, so I got investment and he's like, oh, um so like I'm so lucky he he's such a business person and he has guided me through so much that um that he was a real kind of ear when I wasn't sure what to do so yeah it was at that time it was really about turning to people that were a bit ahead and asking for advice and also I think the at the end just going with your gut and um so obviously you would have had a background in sourcing and would have known about costings and profits and 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 had a head start for some people who don't know that background. What do you think that you struggled with? Um, what were some of the things that were more difficult for you than when you did when you did first start? When you like, it's it's all on you. It's mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's your money. It's um, like there's been so many mistakes I've I've learned along the way. But I think that the one thing I have taken out from this, they're not actually mistakes. They're all lessons. Like we had bomber jackets stuck in customs for three weeks and I had to pay every time they got stuck there. It's like when you own your own business, like all these challenges just become your own to hold. I think that's been the hardest times. My husband would tell you the amount of times about two years ago, a year and a half ago, where he'd come home from work and I was crying on the couch because there was just no money to pay for things or something else had gone wrong and I just lost the will to live and there's no one to turn to. When you work for someone else, it's someone else's money you're walking home with a paycheck. Yeah. Um, but like, so I will say like, I the best advice I could give to someone starting is go work in the industry for a while. Because as you said, I knew all about profits, cash margins. I knew how to source suppliers. I knew the basis of my business. Yeah. But when you're actually in it on the day to day and the sales aren't coming in and, you know, there's no money in the bank to pay for something. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's funny because COVID has been amazing for me and um, I've actually probably never been as relaxed as I am now. And I was only walking with my husband the other day, and I was like, "When the business does well, I am calm because bills are being paid." Yeah, you know, and it, it does. I think the one thing is it, it comes into your like like life all the time because you're even at weekends you're looking at going. There's no sales coming in. Like I bills to pay on Monday, so you can't switch off. And I think that's the hard thing. And I have, I think, <laughs> friends. My parents will tell you I was so close to chucking it in because I'd had a few really, really tough months. Um, and then COVID came along and people began to really support Irish and, yeah. you know, gave me such a, a love for what I did. And, you know, it, like in any business, there's going to be challenges. But um, I think what I've really learned is you just have to keep going. 
yeah. <laughs> knocking on the door and eventually it will knock down to you. And that's the thing, and there's people that will come across difficult times in their business, but it's knowing how to, what to do to turn those around as well, you know. And, um, yeah, did you, when when you were starting out and going, you know, over the, over the last kind of couple of years, I know that the um, a lot of the local enterprise offices offer a lot of grants and support to um, Irish businesses. Were you able to avail of any of that? Yeah, we have hugely relied on the local enterprise office. Um, I firstly kind of came to know them when I actually applied for their Business Woman of the Year. And I actually won their Best Young Entrepreneur Award and actually won 15 grand, which I was able to invest in the business. I think the business was about nine months old at the yeah. time. Um, and since then, oh, like you could you could drop them an email and there'll be a grant for anything you need. Like we're looking to um, really push exports now and there's a grant to help us with that. We yeah. were looking to improve our website. There's a grant to um, help us with that. And even when COVID came along, you might have, been able to get a grant before but then they said actually no you're allowed to get that grant again yeah so we were able to do seo help through the last grant it's um they're just brilliant if you can get in if you have an email and you can get in they have a grant for everything and um yeah they have been i think ireland it's it's really um in the last year people have really it's really an irish thing where we come together and support the support for local business in the last year has just been incredible. And I think it's it's one like people are pushing it, but also there's ads for supporting local. There's firstly we have incredible brands in Ireland. So, you know, there's so many reasons to to shop here. But um it's the local enterprise office has really been one that pushes that. I think it's well for people that don't know that are watching you know, definitely check out your local, if you're in Ireland, obviously it's different in the UK and there'll be different grants available if you're under a certain age with the Princess Trust and to sometimes your um, local councils. But in Ireland, the, if you look at the LEO, the, your local enterprise office, and you'll be able to, um, like Jane said, in terms of grants for websites, grants for startups, grants for restarts, grants for kickstarts, so anything that you need, there's probably a grant for you to help you with your business at whatever stage you're at. So it's definitely something to um, to explore because there's money on the table for you and you just need to apply for it as well. It, and to put it, to put it as money, it's you're spending five grand but getting two and a half back. But you have to have the money there to spend it. But to get two and a half grand back is huge. Yeah. And then, so... So with your creative process, so are, do you design the range yourself and work with the supplier to talk us through a little bit about your creative process, when you start, how often you bring out ranges, just a little bit about that side of things. Yes, yeah, so everything is designed by myself here. Um, it starts with, for me, it actually starts a lot of the time with when I, an outfit. So I might be getting dressed or putting an outfit together and I'm missing something. Or I'm like, oh, that that would look nice with that. So I'll bring in, like, I'm wearing a new piece that's coming in, a longer chain, so that you can layer pieces. So it starts a lot of the time with that. And then I'd be sketching it up. Um, we kind of do a PDF form document that goes across to our suppliers. And from there, they start building the CADs. Then once you approve the CADs, we go to sampling. And then a lot of the sampling, we tweak back and forth. Um, but I'm looking, I have a wall ahead of me and it's kind of our collection for the next six months. The beauty of what we have at the moment is we can turn collections really quick because it's just me. Yeah. So it's just me approving. There's no long lead time. There's no long process. 
once we approve a collection, it takes six to eight weeks to arrive. Right. So we're constantly evolving and I am constantly adapting to changes or trends in the marketplace. You know, earrings are a huge thing at the moment. We're all on screens. Earrings and necklaces are what people are looking for. So it's about broadening that collection to give people more choice. So I'm really look- <coughs> lucky that I can adapt really quickly. Um, we keep quantities quite small at the start to see how it works, to see what the best sellers are. And then we can quickly buy back into them. So we have the stock within a month. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's all um, we're very lucky with the suppliers we have that they do work quickly. And we don't kind of have a set, you know, two collections and they come out this time. For me, the excitement is coming onto a website and seeing new pieces. You know, it's important that we can't see things for our customers to see because they're so supportive of keep coming back. Yeah. That we have new pieces for them to come back to. And are you still working with the same supplier that you worked with at the start? Or have you, found, or have you got additional suppliers on board as well? We have a second supplier on board now as well. Yeah. So we have two suppliers. Which is, it's good to have, and it's, it's good in other ways. You've got to match the gold when they're two different suppliers. You get the, the gold matching is the big, the big, and getting the quality the same and consistency in it is that's the hard one when you have two suppliers. But it does, like, our factory closed for three months last year in March, and we couldn't get our orders out. Luckily, we had a massive order arrive in February that kept us going through that. Um, but that really shows mm-hmm. that it's important to have other people to rely on that you're not just relying on one supplier yeah that all your eggs aren't in one basket and um you talked about that you're looking um to grow from an export point of view now are there any particular countries that you have your eye on or because i know that you exhibited quite early on in one of the french trade fairs is that right the maison d'objet between us all here the worst week of my life yeah but in in real like in in honesty it was just um, trade shows you are lost in it. It costs a fortune to do different languages. I think it takes from going over there and talking to other brands it takes about four years to get an order, but the cost of doing it takes so is so much. Yeah, um, and that was actually one of the reasons. One of the times last year where I just like was I couldn't I couldn't see the way out. Um, but yeah, so we did France. We tried it again, test it, learn from it. Um, won't do it again. <laughs> and um, <laughs> But we've done, yeah, I think online for us is a massive one. Yeah. It's where all our, at the moment, 100% of our um, sales are coming from. Direct and we consumer can see, or? Yeah. Okay. And we can see that Australia and America is also a big market for us to go into. So we've got sales going there, but we've also got a following on social media. So what we see at the moment, one thing we're looking at is, the bounce rate coming from the US market where people are coming on, but they're not converting. So we're going to the local enterprise office for funding to see how we can explore that more. Yeah. So that's the big thing because, you know, Ireland, we're small, but a a great nation, but a small one. So it is really about looking elsewhere. Mm -hmm. The UK is a good market for us, but, you know, people are nervous to buy now from the UK because they're getting stumped with customs bills the customs really seem to be 50% of what you've paid if you've paid over 130 euro for an order. So, yeah, you know, that's a massive hit for someone. No one wants to pay that. And we can't guarantee it going going in. So, um, so yeah, so that has been, that has and will be a challenge, I think, until a trade agreement is re- agreed. Um, so, yeah, so it is, it's just looking at other markets. And I think America 
and Australia, as we already, you know, selling Irish selling into America very much helps. Australia, probably a lot of our customers are Irish over there. So it's a great inroad in. Yeah. Um, so they would be the two next markets that we'd really look at. Great. And do you have any, um, over the last, when you look back on it, what would you say are your business, have been your business milestones? Being in Vogue, the, okay. three, the, the three behind me. Tell, tell us about what we're in Vogue. It's gotten very dark in here. Let me bring my, uh, I wonder if my lamp work. Um, Vogue was a big one. Um, I think winning, like winning, I've won a few awards. The um, Young Entrepreneur of the Year and the investment was huge. I won Businesswoman of the Year um, a year and a half ago with the Kildare Network. And then we won Best High End Fashion Award for an Irish brand um, just at the start of this year. So they've been good. But um, it's actually funny. It's not really the awards. It's the sales that come in and you see them growing because like awards can do great things. But until there's money coming into the bank and, yeah. you know, people are actually voting with their wallet, that's really the thing that shows them. When you see the same customers going back and back and or people telling you they'd heard of it through a friend, like that's the real one. Like we've seen huge growth in the last year. And I think that's probably the thing I'm most proud of is because people are actually voting with their wallet, which is the biggest vote of all. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think it's just been growing it. Um, I think it's hard to believe. I feel like I'm in about 20 years, but then I'm also like, God, how's four years gone by? And it's still me sitting at a desk doing this every day. So, um, so yeah, I, I think um, that's kind of probably been the biggest thing that I can say. Right. And I think it's just so important for people to enter those wards and to go after those kind of things because, like you say, the, the wards are great. It also gives you the recognition, but then it gives the confidence in other people to buy yeah. as well. And then the word of mouth and all of those kind of things. There's a question that's come through in terms of um, a business plan and how you first started. So did you have... Were you very much winging it when you first started? Or did you have a business plan? And, uh, I was very much winging it until I was going on Dragon's Den and I had to produce figures. And I had to sit down with it. And again, I come back to my dad and him and he always harps on at me. Go back to your business plan. I need to see your business plan. I need to update your business plan. My business plan sits in a vision board on my desk. And every January, I sit down and with pictures or at words, I do a personal and a business one. And that to me is my business plan. And it sits on my desk because every day I go back to it because somehow, in, at the, even at the moment, three months can go by and you're like, how are we in April already? Yeah. What have I achieved? And it sits on my thing. And every day I go and say, okay, what's, what haven't I done on this yet? You know, what's been on my plan that I haven't improved or that I haven't changed or I haven't gone for yet? So um, business plans are great, but for, I just need one sheet of paper that's got my list and my vision for the next year or six months. And it's constantly evolving. So I might take one off and put two more on it. Um, and that's kind of how I've done it. But I know for applying for funding and yeah. for really getting it off, business plans are very important. But I think I'm it's not. It's kind of two different things. If you're applying for funding, if you're, if you're walking into the bank or you're going to investors, you need to have quite a watertight business plan um but then you can have a different type of business plan that works for you um mm. to help guide you through your business and with your you know what are your objectives what are your goals what are your financial milestones what do you want to hit yeah. so it's a different it's a, it's great you know absolutely imperative to have it but for one that works for you you know that you can you know go back on and have yeah. a look at as well 
And if, if I had a big 10-page business plan on my desk, I wouldn't look at it. No. But the fact, because you and I were creative people, I just need one sheet, I need a list, I need a to-do list. And I've suddenly got a focus for that week or that month. And I won't forget what is on the list. And that's how I'll actually mark it off. But it's each their own. Like, I'm, I'm a kind of give me the bigger information. Don't give me the little detail kind of person. So everyone works differently. Other people need the nitty bitty kind of things and need to understand everything. I just want top line. And then, you know, that's all I need as a person. So then I'll go. Um, so it's just how people work differently. And how, so obviously the business has grown over the last couple of years and you are, how many weeks now are you, Jane, in terms of pregnancy? 20, halfway there. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations. And trying to dress for these new bosoms that have arrived is very <laughs> difficult. It's very difficult. Um, and so how, how has, have you employed people either freelance or contract to help you with, with the business? Um, we're actually so yeah I outsource a lot I outsource a lot of SEO and back end and things like that I have people that do great work um, but no we're actually literally about to start interviews for um, a part time digital marketing and customer service person which who will start in the next hopefully month mm-hmm. um, so that's a step I've wanted to take and actually it's it's been good to get to be pregnant because it's really kind of pushed me and we've had a good financial year so you know there's been savings set aside for this and uh, whereas every other year I've been chasing something else so um I feel like it's probably the best time it's now or never to hire someone and it's actually I'm amazed at the amount of amazing CVs I've come in I said to Rosemary, I was like we might not even get any applications like no one might want to work for me <laughs> but um yeah some incredible CVs have come through and um I think that's again when you ask about achievements, like looking at, at CVs and going, God, these people actually want to work with me and want to work for the brand. And that's obviously a testament to what we've built. So, um, so yeah, I am looking, taking on a part-time role, but with the aim to make it a full-time um, over the next year or whatever, once I, we see how they fit in. And, you know, they've, you know, when you hire someone, they've got to earn their own money as well within the company. Yeah. So it's all about that part. So, yeah, it's a really exciting milestone to have hit because... <laughs> It's been on my goals for about two years. So, um, but like, you know, you look at all these shops, like how do they, when you're in the back end of a business, you're wondering how they afford to, you know, hire all these people. But it seems so easy when you're a customer walking in, how they have so many staff, but it is a huge, you know, um, investment. It's a huge responsibility to take someone on. And um, so, yeah, it really feels like we're hitting the next step, which is lovely. No, that's fantastic. Congratulations to that. And just a couple more questions and then we'll wrap up. Um, do you have any, is there anything that you have regretted over, you know, since you started? No. And I say no because I've used everything as a learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, we wouldn't be where we are today without messing up a few things along the way. It wouldn't be... Um, business if things didn't go wrong we had a mess up an absolute mess up today that uh, you know I'm sure I'll talk about in a few years time and but that's just what goes like that's I think that's just with life and I think if you look at everything like a mistake you'll you'll drown in it whereas if you just look at a lesson and go let's get out and I think that's what we were taught in pennies like you know you get out quick when you make a mistake you fix and you know you buy small yeah, you buy small, you fit, and if it doesn't work, you're out pretty quickly and you move on to the next and you cut your losses and you just say, well, we know it won't work. 
and you might come back to it in three years' time and then it will work. The market's just a bit different. But um, no, I don't believe in mistakes. I just believe in lessons learned. Very good advice. And um, other than export, any other any other goals that you can share? I'm sure you have lots of goals and some you want to keep private and some, but any other um, things that you can share? What else have we got? Caught me on the spot now. I'm sure I have a long list of them there that, um, you know, we've had... Um, New packaging is arriving in the next few weeks. We've had the hit. We've had that take way longer than possible with um, COVID, and uh, the big goal I think is to broaden the collection this year so that you know we do give people more of an offering. The collection's been quite small, which limits the sales you can take in. So you know, with broadening the collection, but doing it in a safe and you know risk adverse way um, is a big one for this year, and. Um, there is something else that I have been trying to introduce that uh, I will keep to myself. It's been a struggle for the last year and a half, but I'm not finished trying to find a way to do it. So, um, well, so yeah, hopefully in the next year. When you have those times when you're on your own feeding, or <laughs> there'll be lots of ideas that might come to you. <laughs> some, some of you might have baby brain with and you're like, what was I thinking? And others, you'll be like, I know. you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, Jane, for joining us this oh, evening. Cool. Thank and you for me. Good luck with everything with the business and with the baby. Thank you. Thanks for meeting. Bye bye. Great to see you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. I would love if you could leave a review. And if you were thinking of starting your own brand, then get in touch with me via Instagram at The Buying Retail Coach or my website, www.thebuyingretailcoach.com to see how I can help you do it. Thank you.